this established three-legged stool of retirement savings, government plans, employer plans, and your own private savings, these three legs are all showing stress. Because of this, the economic situation that we've been in wage levels, people have been, haven't been able to save as much as they need to for their personal leg. The government leg, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid is under stress, and employers are pulling back from providing pensions to their employees. So if you look at these, each of the legs of the retirement stool is really wobbly. And, and it's not good, it's rickety. And what are your objectives as you plan your retirement is to work with a financial professional to put in place a plan that enables you to navigate through this situation to save the money you need such that when you do stop full-time work, you have an income coming in that's satisfactory to support your lifestyle. Welcome to the Financial Verse Podcast. I'm your host, Harry Stout. This podcast is dedicated to improving your financial wellness. Our focus is to educate and inform about all aspects of money. We seek to reduce the financial anxiety, stress, and drama you face daily dealing with money. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Financial Verse Podcast. I'm your host, Harry Stout. Today's episode is entitled The Rickety Three-Legged Stool of Retirement Savings. And what I'm going to try to do today is take a look at retirement income policy in our country by examining what are the three existing legs of the retirement stool. And I'm going to talk to you about those. I think you're going to find they're wobbly as we go through today's session. And I'll share my thoughts with you on our current situation, and I'll try to point out what's important to you to understand. So let's begin. In the financial verse, remember, you need to accumulate savings and income benefits during your striving stage years in order to generate the cash inflow you're going to need in your fulfilling stage or your non-working years. And again, remember, when you stop working, you're likely to live another 20 to 30 years. And for you younger adults who are listening today, I believe 30 years should be your minimum planning horizon with all the changes going in our society today with technology and health-related issues, you're going to live a lot longer. And that's great news. However, the, the sad news or the difficult news is that in today's world, however, most households have saved less than $100,000 for when they stop work. And in reality, $100,000 is not going to cut it for 20 to 30 years of retirement. So those fulfilling stage savings and benefits that you accumulate during your working years, they're likely to come from three major sources. And these are the three legs of the stool, if you will. The first is government programs. The second is employer programs, such as 401k plans and defined benefit pension plans. And lastly, private savings, including annuities, cash value life insurance, any other savings that you're able to generate. Many licensed professionals, financial professionals that are out there today, they call these the three, the three legs of the stool. So government programs, private savings, and employer benefits, the three legs. So we're going to talk about each of them. First off, government programs. When you look at government programs today, there are three, Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. We hear about them every day, typically in the financial media and in the press. 
These programs were designed to provide retirement, disability, and health cost benefits at certain ages or if certain events take place. A key understanding you must have is these programs cannot be relied upon to provide the full amount of your retirement, your health needs, or the long-term care benefits that you'll need. When you look at retirement, for example, Social Security retirement payouts are designed to replace 40%, yes, 40% of pre-retirement earnings for the average wage earner and no more. So if you if you were someone who's earned a significant amount, Social Security may only provide 15, 20% of your pre-retirement earnings when you get to retirement. But for most people, it's around 40%. And uh, the average benefit, example, the average Social Security benefit in 2021, I believe was about a little over $1,500 for individuals claiming benefits, over only $1,500. And one of the questions I'd have for you is, can you live on that? Can you live on $1,500 a month? Uh, I think it'll be difficult for you to do that. Medicare, on the other hand, provides basic medical coverage for people age 65 and older, but it currently does not cover vision, dental, hearing, or long-term care benefits. Now, there's some conversation in Congress about expanding the benefits in Medicare, but we really don't have anything concrete as I record this today. Medicaid, on the other hand, provides health coverage for low-income individuals, for children and the disabled. But if you look at Medicaid and if you're insured under the Medicaid program, you have little, if any, stay, say rather in where the care takes place. So Medicaid's there. Remember, for the most part, when the government dictates coverage and they're responsible for paying it, they're usually going to be, they're the ones in charge. You don't get exactly what you want. So keep that in mind. When you look at these programs, they're primarily funded and managed by the U.S. government and the states. And the current problem with these plans is that they appear to be underfunded and they're going to need to be modified in the near future. Took a look at the most recent Social Security Trustees report, and it found that Social Security retirement benefits could be paid in full, I believe, up to the year 2034, but they're going to have to be released. It's going to be reduced after that. So think about it. So you, you, you see an underfunding of Social Security retirement. And um, again, what's going to happen at that point in time? I kind of think there'll be a cutback in benefits, but I don't see these plans going away, but they're going to be under financial stress. And um, that could result in reduced benefits, it could reduce, it could result in income thresholds being introduced. These could be significant changes. The same hat can be said about Medicare. There, it's going to be under funding pressure going forward as we have this age wage, age wave rather of older individuals retiring. So in reality, when you take a look at it, both Social Security and Medicare have begun to run deficits. And what I mean by that is cash outflows are exceeding contribution inflows. And one other thought as you look at this issue, one thing I wanted you to be mindful of is that Medicaid programs that are run by the states, right now, Medicaid makes up about uh, nearly 30% of state expenditures, 30%. So that's a large percentage 
of the budgets of cash strapped state budgets. And therefore you can see that the funding for Medicaid is also going to be uh, under pressure. So for me to get these programs back on firm financial footing, I think you're gonna see upcoming modifications. And uh, those modifications will probably be a mix of higher contribution rates, some cutback in benefits, potential lengthening of when you can, people can retire, and probably some new form of means testing. Now, these changes are needed to assure that all people get the necessary level of benefits from these plans. Now, one of my members, key member of my audience is younger adults, and I know those of you listening today, you think that Social Security and Medicare are not going to be there for you when you retire. Well, my belief is that these entitlement programs are too much of a political issue to be eliminated, but I do believe they could be significantly modified in the future, as I've discussed. You're going to see some potential change in benefits. So what I think you should do is, I believe, plan on counting on these plans, but you should build into your planning that they're going to be reduced to a certain extent. So please keep that in mind as you move forward. So the first leg of the stool, government programs, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security retirement, keys um, under a lot of funding pressure, that leg is uh, of the stool's wobbly. Now, the second leg of the stool is personal savings. And the question there is, what, when, and how much should you, should you accumulate? Now, personal savings are the income, cash, and investments you can accumulate in bank accounts, investments, 401k plans, IRAs, cash value life, annuities, and income generating assets such as real estate. And this comes from all of your work, all of your earning activities, your inheritances, pensions that you uh, qualify for, or you know, as you go through life. So as you focus on private savings, it's my belief that you need to save as much as you can to supplement the future cash you're gonna receive from the government and from any employer programs you have. So um, if you're lucky enough to have an employer plan, a pension plan, that's fantastic. And, uh, but you need to increase your personal savings. As we've discussed a number of times in these episodes, you know, typically what financial professionals will tell you to do is save 10 to 15% of your pre-tax annual income each year. I believe in today's environment, particularly with low interest rates, you're going to need to save more than that. And one of the reasons I believe in that is, and I can tell you this from my own experience, there'll be times in your life when you won't be able to put away 10 to 15%, maybe you'll have a rough year, you'll lose your job, there'll be a crisis or an illness in your family, there'll be some life event that strikes you, and you won't be able to put that money away. So when, when you have a great year, you have extra money coming in, it's a great idea to put that money away and save it for the future. Now, one of the other things with private savings, and I encourage you to look at this, is to make sure you consider all available product options and expense saving techniques to, to maximize your savings. Now, for example, consider personal, consider personal permanent life insurance coverage. Again, we've talked about this in some of our episodes, the, the cash advantages that life insurance has, the, there are tax advantages for annuity products. You need to make sure you take advantage of all those options, all those advantages to help you accumulate as much as you can during your working years. 
Now, the third leg of the stool is employer plans. Now, going back in history in the 70s and 80s, and maybe many of you listening today are not born at that particular time, it was normal for companies to have defined benefit or pension plans for their employees. So for as long as the employee lived after retirement, these plans were designed to provide them with an annual cash income, some percentage of their final salary. And typically, individuals used to receive 50 to 60% of their pre-retirement earnings in pension income. Now, think about that. So if you, if you retire and you're making $80,000 a year and you got a $40,000 a year pension from your employer, plus your Social Security benefits, and plus any income you got from savings, you'd be in pretty good shape. But unfortunately, today, the number of companies providing these types of defined benefit plans, it's continued to decline. And if you look around, there's a number of different sources that you can research. I think today only about 16% of companies, uh, Fortune 500 companies, provide some sort of defined benefit pension plan. And if you look back to uh, the beginning of the, go back to 1998, you know, 20 some years ago, about 60% of companies provided a defined benefit plan. So significant change. These continue to be reduced. And I think what you're seeing is more and more, into, more and more workers are realizing that they're not going to get some sort of lifetime check from their employer. And as a result, they're looking to save more to find solutions that can enable them to generate protected lifetime income uh, later on. Now, some of you today that are listening are self-employed, and I would encourage you to talk to a financial advisor. There are a number of different plans that you could use uh, if you're self-employed to put money away for, so that you, the employer, could, could fund things for yourself. So today, Let me summarize. This established three-legged stool of retirement savings, government plans, employer plans, and your own private savings, these three legs are all showing stress. Because of the economic situation that we've been in wage levels, people haven't been able to save as much as they need to for their personal leg. The government leg, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid is under stress, And employers are pulling back from providing pensions to their employees. So if you look at these, each of the legs of the retirement stool is really wobbly and and it's not good. It's rickety. And what are your objectives as you plan your retirement is to work with a financial professional to put in place a plan that enables you to navigate through this situation to save the money you need such that when you do stop full-time work, you have an income coming in that's satisfactory to support your lifestyle. And that will give you the lifestyle that you want in retirement, which is what we all want as we, as we plan our lives. So overall, that's it for today. Hope you enjoyed our session on the crickety three-legged stools three-legged stool of retirement savings. You understand it a little bit better. And please, I hope your stool gets more and more stable and each leg gets stronger as you do effective planning. So thank you for being with me today. And we look forward to our next session together. Thanks for listening today. The Financialverse podcast is brought to you by Better Wealth. Better Wealth's mission is to unlock intentional living by helping you better manage your money. To find out more, go to betterwealth.com. 
If you like what you've heard today, please rate us on your podcast service and forward today's program to your family and friends. We would really appreciate it. To learn more about the Financial Verse, please visit financialverse.com.